Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Sebastian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you here. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy day to hang out with us here at the Grit Daily uh, Startup Podcast. We, we love to talk about the world of startup, what we like to call the good, the bad, and the gritty aspects of it. So I'm curious to learn about what your experience has been with all that. But before we do all that, let's back up a little bit and help our listeners better understand a little bit about you and your backstory. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I uh, will go all the way back because I'm getting kind of old enough to take too long. But, uh, you know, I think, um, I guess, first and foremost, I, I, I found myself working at Apple now, which is uh, involved in, like, the digital asset space. And uh, before that, I was working um, in traditional finance, uh, worked at, you know, in treasury, hedge funds. And I most recently found myself working in a, on the trade floor um, for uh, one of the, the large Canadian banks here. And um, I, uh, I was... You know, working away at that and out of Vancouver in Canada, and then uh, I, I was asked to to, to switch to the, to the main office in um, in Toronto, and so I, I was supposed to move March thirtieth, twenty twenty, but as you can imagine, that didn't happen, and so uh, I ended up making the move in August of twenty twenty, uh, and then I got to, to Toronto and started this kind of new life. Um, but the, this is kind of mid pandemic. I'm like, I'm in all the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, and um, there was, uh, you know, that this kind of happened to coincide with a, a time in, in, you know, digital assets or crypto called DeFi Summer, which uh, the, like a real kind of explosion in, in interest and in, in, in protocols in the decentralized finance space. Uh, and so someone who was, you know, pretty well versed in traditional finance, um, some friends of mine were like, hey, you should look at what's going on here. It's pretty interesting. Um, and then being that I didn't have any friends or really any ability to make any, I uh, spent a fair bit of time alone just kind of digging into some of this stuff and, uh, really just fell hard down that rabbit hole and, um, you know, never really looked up. And I found all the extra curricular time that I used to spend, you know, researching finance to try to get an edge and help my clients. All of a sudden that time is being consumed with um, an interest in, in, in the digital asset space. And so eventually it just kind of made sense for me to uh, to try to make a switch. And I happened to know the people that happened out for quite some time out of like through personal connections. And so I reached out and, um, asked if there was an opportunity for, for me to kind of contribute some, some of my skills and, um, here I am. Excellent. So, um, how did Aquanow come about? When, when, how long has it been around? When was the solution? I mean, I know you talked a little bit about the idea, but when did you guys launch? Yes, yeah, so we've been, uh, been around for about five or six years. Um, also uh, the, the core founding team all came out of traditional finance backgrounds as well. Um, you know, they built uh, electronic trading systems at, at some of the large banks or, or worked at uh, some of the Canada's large pension funds in, in different facilities. Um, and uh, and so they, uh, they they kind of saw an opportunity um, to, to come out and, and to, you know, build some technology uh, for some traditional financial institutions, you know, to be able to interact with some of these digital asset markets. 
you know, and if, you know, when they first came out a few years ago, that was that was not a very popular idea. And a lot of people thought they were pretty crazy to have left these, uh, you know, pretty, you know, I would say cushy jobs. You're working hard, but like, you know, at pretty epic careers to, to go out and do this. And uh, and so they did. They, they bootstrapped it super hard. There's there's all kinds of lore around the uh, around the, the founding team and how they would, you know, one guy had this like a, a bell that would go off if there was ever a trade um, that came through like in the middle of the night so they could try and process it because we have a, you know, crypto markets are 24 seven and, and global. And so, um, yeah, they, uh, they, they bootstrapped it up from, uh, from, from nothing and then slowly started to, to add people. And, you know, we're at over 60, 60 employees now. And, uh, when I started in January, there was 40 and then, there was, you know, you can go back less, less than a year and there's only six people here. So the, the growth's come, uh, come pretty quick. Amazing. Amazing. Well, congrats on that. And it looks like you guys are definitely uh, off to the races. So let's talk about what the solution and what, what problems Aquanow solves uh, for, for the world. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a good question. And, and I think one of the coolest parts and one of the sources of success here is that um, they, you know, they kind of lead with a client first approach. Um, you know, there is a good Rolodex of, of uh, or a good network of people to be able to tap into. And there's some existing relationships. Um, and so because they can speak the language of the, you know, the people in traditional finance and they have built technology and, and under the constraints of having legacy systems and, and they understand, you know, some of the political implications and all that kind of stuff within a, a really large organization, you know, we can go in and, um, and you know, speak the right, uh, you know, speak the same language and just like kind of start off on, on the same page. And so the solutions end up being pretty bespoke to uh, to each individual client's needs, right? Like, let's say you're uh, a robo advisor or a discount uh, discount brokerage, and you want to provide um, you know crypto trading or digital asset trading for your uh, clients. Then you know you have the client would never know this, but like Aquanow is the is the back end of that. So we would you know facilitate that, and that requires um, you know bespoke solution for each each individual kind of use case, um, you know, payments would be a different thing. Uh, and so what we really do is we kind of try to create that infrastructure to, to, to bridge the two systems, um, you know, using the, uh, the ability to communicate very effectively with, uh, with both sides. Great. So what would you say some of the biggest challenges of the startup experience have been in your experience? Um, I think, in my own personal experience, uh, I would say, you know, uh, I'm traditionally a finance guy. You know, I <laughs> I used to like, you know, dig through uh, earnings reports and try to find a little nuance in, in some corporate disclosures or, you know, accounting disclose, uh, you know, standard changes and stuff like that. Uh, and now I find myself doing mostly communications. Uh, and um, I think the the idea there is that we have a common goal. Um, and you know you have to have that kind of like you know plasticity of of mind and and maybe even skill set too to be able to say okay what are we trying to do what do we need uh, what needs to get done and how can I try to further the the objective and that sometimes that requires um, really stepping outside your comfort zone and, and your um, your experience as well. I'd say that the startup process is a little uncomfortable at times, especially in the beginning, right? Yeah, you know, and, and I can only speak from like, you know, I mean, I guess we're 60 now, so I'm living the, still in the startup mode here. I, I can tell you, like, you know, the, the really early days, uh, these guys were running stuff. It was crazy. Like, you know, they're getting no sleep, working all the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, the 
you would you would see it in them. Like you know, they started off working effectively like a closet, and like you should have seen the way the desks were stacked. And then you know, slowly start to to, to bootstrap from there and grow, and and then build this business with uh, you know like a discipline. Uh, is uh, it's it's definitely you know uh, you know hats off to the to the you know commitment there. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about the challenging parts. In your experience, what has been some of the best parts of the startup experience? Um, well, I guess it's, it's the flip side of, the, of what I was saying, right? Like on the one hand, it's the challenge of trying to kind of relearn how you look at the world or, or try to adapt your skill set to its new use case. But on the other side of that is like when it comes together, it, it's, uh, it's, it's super satisfying and incredibly fulfilling to to all of a sudden acquire a new skill set or um, just think in a different way. You know, it's not like you lose your old way of looking at the world. And so you, you gain an additional kind of lens. And I think through that, it's, uh, you know, intellectually stimulating like, like nothing else. Absolutely. So you guys are doing a lot in Canada, which is where you're based out of there, but you're doing a lot for you know, the, the country in general, when it comes to web three, let's talk about that for a little bit. And I, I was reading earlier before the interview that uh, you guys created the Canadian web three council. Love to learn more about that. Yeah. So um, we were, were founding members of it. It wasn't, uh, you know, we weren't uh, you know, the ones who launched it you know, from, from the onset, but we're super happy to, to be involved in the, you know, that initiative. Um, you know, look, whenever there's something new and novel, um, it does require, uh, you know, a fresh lens on, on regulation and, and, and oversight. And I think um, in this case, things are moving so quickly, so fast that policymakers, um, you know, they've got, they've got their existing jobs. So to have to educate themselves on this new kind of, you know, emerging spaces is quite difficult. And so I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's incumbent on, on us and, and other people in the industry to try to um, you know, invest some time to try to bring, uh, bring, you know, the, them up to speed as well as try to inform that, that discussion uh, so that, uh, you know, the real benefits of the space can, um, uh, you know, can be, can be reaped, you know. And, and, and uh, you know, to your, to your point about Canada, like, well, we are a leader in the, in the, in the market here. Um, actually, most of our business is overseas. And, you know, we look forward to, uh, to you know, as we start to expand into other, like, We'll expand our, our presence in other regions like you know the the Middle East and, and in Europe. You know we look forward to trying to bring that same approach of, of you know proactive engagement with with regulators and, and you know just trying to have a you know an open discussion and, and conversation around how to how to bridge the two systems. Awesome. So it's almost the middle of 2022. That sounds a little crazy to say as we're recording this episode right now, but what, what are you guys excited about? What are you working on? What's on the chalkboard? What's in store for 2022? And as you guys continue to, to, to build out Aqua now. So a number of the core executives um, have been on a, like a multi-week tour of, um, of like said, uh, Europe, Middle East and Latin America. And the, the, the growth prospects coming out of there are huge. Um, you know, we, we because we have an existing um, cl uh, client base that was built, like I said, off of that client first approach. Uh, we've got a lot of um, you know evangelists who will kind of go and you know talk about how their experience was with us. As you know, this is an uncertain space, so people get concerned about oh, you know, how does this work, so and so forth. So, you know, if someone uh, in, in their network speaks to a trusted advisor, then that person um, you know is, is rapidly considered for. Uh, you know, for partnership. And so we're seeing a lot of that come through. And that would be, as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of like bespoke kind of tailored solutions for, for different use cases. Um, you know, there's a ton of regulatory work that has to go into that. Um, and then on top of that, we're, we're looking at 
launching some some pretty innovative uh, investment products around uh, you know yield through digital assets, as well as uh, you know uh, maybe some early stage investments within the ecosystem to try to try to you know put uh, put a little financial backing where our where our efforts are as well. Amazing. So, who's your who, who are you guys serving? Like, who's your ideal customer, and and, and what exactly your you know your your target market for the solutions you guys are providing? Um, well, on the, on the core Aquino side, would be really any traditional um, institution it tends to be mostly financials uh, who are looking to, to provide um, uh, you know like access to digital assets on their platforms. Now, like that's really starting to change very quickly as well, right? Where stablecoin growth is is humongous and um you know you're starting to see a lot of retailers and uh, you know e-commerce start to incorporate uh, digital asset payments in there as well so you know where it used to be like more of like a trading and financial uh, use case now we're starting to see a lot of payments um you know remittance and, and other kind of um uh you know treasury implications that, that are coming into it as well and then on the investment side you know where we are focused uh, again on the institution so you know, partnering with large uh, alternative asset managers and, um, you know, looking to, to, to expand that footprint. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys are really off to the races here and 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 off and running, creating solutions for what is, dare I say, what's next. I think we're Web3 is here and it's here to stay. So being able to create these solutions um, is not only timely, but much, much needed. And I think there's a gigantic learning curve for the world to understand where we're at with all of this because it's all new. And I think most people think that the world of Web3 is jpegs that people are overpaying for <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's there's there's a lot of hype a lot of uh you know media attention to some of the the things that that um, you know rub people the wrong way but i think um you know it took me a while i've had friends who have been telling me to look at the space for a while and then, you know and i i think everyone has to kind of come into it on their own but once you do you do kind of like you know red pill or open your mind or however you want to do i mean want to say that um and like you can really start to see uh, like some sort of like grassroots community first approach of trying to rethink um, the you know how we how we operate you know in a, in a digital uh, you know in a digital identity kind of context and how that can you know be linked to to uh, to our you know actual identities in, in real life too. And I mean, I think we're super early; we're just getting started. But uh, I feel quite fortunate to be uh, to be involved in the stage. I bet. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like an early adopter and I still feel like I'm grossly confused on what's going on. I just keep buying NFTs, um, hoping that one of them's well, more, more importantly for the experience and be able to be a practitioner and get in there and, and get my teeth cut and nose broken a little bit and figure it all out before this becomes the norm everywhere. So it'll be exciting to see how it all unravels to say the least. Well, any, any final thoughts for our, for our listeners, Sebastian? Um, you know, I, uh, I guess, you know, I'd like to kind of leave it on, maybe that NFT note, like rather than kind of like, you know, plug Aqua or something like that. I think like if, if people look into what's going on in that space, it's, you know, it's so much more than just like JPEGs. You're starting to see, you know, trust funds worked into that where, you know, certain tokens are unlocked at given times and, and all the, the innovation within that space. And, you know, it's so easy to think, oh, overpriced JPEG, oh, uh, you know, Ponzi scam and all that kind of stuff. But sure. actually, like, if you pause it and, and, you know, do a little digging around the edge, you'll see that there's real innovation happening here. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty uh, fascinating and exciting to see. It really, really is. And we've gotten a new, especially after, you know, post-pandemic, really like a breath of fresh air with Web3 becoming 
the norm and, and becoming more and more of the norm on a, on a daily basis. It's refreshing. There's I've, I've, I've attended uh, and spoken at several uh, Web3 events over the past couple of months. And I got to tell you that the, the, the vibe at the events of people's morale overall is fantastic. I mean, I think we're all stoked to be back in person and actually seeing people in real life. Uh, but in addition to that, we've got our next, we've, we've entered the next frontier of technology uh, at the same time. So talk about good timing, huh? Uh, I couldn't agree more, you know, like on, on all of what you said, you know, I, I, I was going to say also like, you know, as much as we're spending time online, all that kind of stuff, like do get outside and enjoy yourself. And if you get a chance to go to like a, a web three conference or anything like that, uh, as like, just to your point, you will see vibes like, like no other, um, you know, event. It, it's, it's unreal. You, know, you bump into someone, they turn around it's like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? What are you working on? It's just, it's like, you know, uh, it's the, the energy is, um, like nothing I've ever experienced. Yeah, same here, same here. Well, Sebastian, I, I got to say, other than us, uh, you know, being same name brothers, uh, I've really enjoyed our conversation here and learning more about what you guys got going on over at Aquanow. Encourage you guys to keep up the great work and you'll have to come back on the show sometime, give us an update on how things are going. I'd love to do that. Yeah, no, thanks, for, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, great name, great haircut. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, Sebastian. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com.